Welcome to the Sunday morning service. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I think the floor director like pushing me around. That's the only time he has courage to push me around. No, I'm kidding. But I'm glad to be here. And uh, I hope that you are too. You know, this year theme is about uh, renewing of the mind from within. You do remember that, right? Yes. And, um, and uh, at the end of the year, if you can hold on to that, remember that that's what it is about, you'll be a, uh, you have a fresh new attitude by the end of the year. Um, I, um, I've often wondered why do people, you know, come to this meeting or other meetings and they hear about the truth, they hear what not to do, and then before they can leave, they're doing it. You know, they're back into that same old pattern of life. You say to them, don't judge, because if you judge, you'll be judged, and it's going to affect you. You're not going to really hurt the other person. It's going to affect your life. Um, don't gossip, because when you gossip, it's going to affect your life. And everything that we do, we think we're doing to others, it affects us, right? And then I, um, and I often wonder, how could they be children of God and continue to do those things? You know, never seem to be overcoming them. The, the worst things in life that you could do to yourself is what they're doing to others, right? Why don't they remember not to do those things? And it just, and I, then I read in the Galatian that this is not new. People do it all the time. You know, it's not, they hear the truth and they are amen the truth and say, yeah, that's right. Well, they'll say, well, you know, I'm like that. I gossip or I judge other, others and I do this. And so I'm thinking when they say it, they confess it, this is what they do. Once they leave, they're not going to do it anymore. But no, it doesn't work that way. And it, it just blows my mind how it is that it, it, the truth, when you hear it by ear, it doesn't really change you at all. You just go out and do the same thing. Um, and then don't see what you're doing. I want to give you a, a quick example of this is not new. You know, This has been around forever and a day. Ed, come and read something for me. This is out of Galatian. Um, yeah, you need a mic. This is out of Galatians 3. Uh, verse one through uh, one through nine. Here, yeah, right here, Galatians three, and stop right here. Start, yeah, this is your last thing here. Okay, okay. <laughs> what a way to start! <laughs> you stupid people in Galatia! <laughs> after you Hold have. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you want me to start? <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> now, if I had said, you stupid people, oh, he's name-calling, I can't believe it. But it's in the Bible. <laughs> so ver- it must be right. This version. Huh? This, this version here. <laughs> i got to get this one. This, this is the funny one. I know. <laughs> you stupid people in Galatia. I had to do it again. After, it's even got an exclamation point. Yeah. After you have had a clear picture of Jesus Christ crucified right in front of your eyes, who has put a spell on you? There's only one thing I should like you to tell me. How was it that you received the Spirit? Was it by the practice of the law 
or by being in the message you heard? Having begun in the Spirit, can you be so stupid as to end in the flesh? Can all the favors you have received have had no effect at all? If there really has been no, can all the favors you have received have had no effect at all? If there really has been no effect, would you say then that he who so lavishly sends a spirit to you and causes the miracles among you is doing this through your practice of the law or because you believed the message you heard? Abraham, you remember, put his faith in God, and this was reckoned to him as uprightness. Be sure then that it is people of faith who are the children of Abraham. And it was because the scripture foresaw that God would give saving justice to the Gentiles through faith that it announced the future gospel to Abraham in the words, all nations will be blessed in you. So it is people of faith who receive the same blessing as Abraham, the man of faith. Thank you. Get that back to Robert. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. You stupid people. And so I realized, wow. That is so interesting. It is stupidity. You know, how do you hear the truth and then you confess about yourself, which tell me that at least you see that you're wrong, right? But you'll, you'll go out and just do the same exact thing over again and not even say to self, I just heard about the truth. I admit it that I'm like this and I'm, I'm still doing it. Why am I doing this, you know? And then another thing I noticed is that people have a way of hooking their wagon onto somebody else. If, if they meet a person who they think is a righteous person, and the person seems to be, you know, have confidence, or whether it's a male or a female, they seem to have confidence. The, uh, the people who lack faith, they'll hook their wagon onto that person to get a sense of identity. And they don't ever really examine to see, well, what is it that this man or woman have that I don't have, right? But they get a false sense of self from that person. I had the, uh, and so now I, and now I realize that it's because the children of God are the ones who have faith in him. Because a lot of people don't have faith. They just don't have that faith. And, you, and they don't see it in their own action that they don't have the faith. And it is mind-blowing. It's just absolutely mind-blowing to me. I, had, I was in New York this week, and uh, that sounds so important, huh? I was in New York, um, and I had the chance to meet Dr. Carson. You know who he is? Yes. Dr. Ben Carson. Yes. He is a, uh, a man who happened to be black, but he's a surgeon, and apparently he's one of the top notch surgeons in the country. And he's also known for... Uh, uh, dividing Siamese twins. They were like hooked together in Africa and he did a, a major thing on with that as well. And so we were there to do a, a show of black Republicans who were being attacked by you know, others. And so it's going to air Monday night, by the way. Um, it was very, 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 very interesting. About 20 people there and we had like a town hall setting. And uh, so it was very, very interesting. But I got a chance to sit with, in the green room, to sit with Dr. Carson, because I've seen him in different interviews, how he handled himself. You know, he seemed to always be calm, and so forth. You can't get him to change his mind about what he knows is right in his heart. He has a, 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 a good personality, you know what I'm saying? So, and he's been called a man of God. 
And so, you know, I, I, I wanted to meet him. I interview, I'm interviewing him on my radio show, but I wanted to meet him in person so I could kind of ask him some things about his life to understand his relationship with God. How did he get to this point? You know, when I read about Gandhi, when I read about Martin Luther King or Booker T. Washington or men and women who uh, seem to be different from the world, I want to know more about that rather than just hooking myself to the wagon to be pulled by their who, who they are, what they believe. I want my own faith in God, you know what I'm saying? Because somebody else's faith in God is not going to do you any good. Except it'll do you good in that it's a good example for you. But you can't hook up. You can't hook your wagon to them and think that somehow or another that's going to give you faith. Because when you're alone at night and emptiness, you know, you know how that boredom thing comes and it makes you feel like you're nothing? Hooking your wagon to somebody else doesn't solve that problem. When you are attempting to gossip and lie and steal and and smother people, hooking your wagon won't solve that either. I asked, um, I had an opportunity to talk to his wife first. We just happened to be sitting together in the green room. And so we were talking about, she asked me about what, what do I do? And I told her we help people overcome anger. You know, we have a nonprofit and stuff like that. We work with men, helping them to overcome anger. And she said, oh, uh, Ben had a lot of anger. You know, he had a lot of rage before. And I said, really? I didn't know that about Pelly. He wrote about it in his book, but I hadn't read the book yet. Uh, and so, lo and behold, I had a chance to talk to him. And so I asked him, I said, uh, um, I hear that you had a lot. Well, first he was just kind of telling me about some of the stuff he had gone through. Uh, the example of that, he told me that he was on an airplane twice that almost crashed. You know, he was flying and he said that something happened and the plane literally flipped over and was going into a, a, you know, a nosedive. And people yelling and screaming and, and he just figured, you know what? If God is ready to take me, now it's the time. You know, he, I, I didn't ask. He would just tell me about it. I don't know if it was recently or in the past. And he said that all of a sudden, the calmness came, and the plane turned back on its proper state and, you know, went on, kept going. And he had no fear about that. He, he wasn't freaking out and worried about that. Then he told me another time, I think he said he was in Jamaica or somewhere, and he was on a plane, and the plane was going down. One of the engines or something stopped on the plane, and when it stopped, they had to cut off the other engine in order to restart it. So in the meantime, the plane is going in for a nosedive. Isn't that amazing? And, and yet again, he believed in God. He didn't freak out. Um, he, he didn't worry about the situation. And uh, the plane, they were able to get it started again. And so the plane made it all right. Then he, he told me about a car crash. and Somebody ran into his car. He showed me a picture of somebody's head on with him. And, uh, and, and it just really demolished the car in the front there, at least. And yet, he came out fine because he didn't have fear. He had faith in God. And then I asked, I said, um, so how were you able to overcome your anger? How, how did that happen that you were able to overcome that? 
And he said that uh, he was in a fight once with a guy, and he stabbed the guy in the belly with a knife. But the, the butt buckle, butt belt buckle, right, stopped the knife from penetrating. It didn't go into the guy, right? And so he said that in that very moment, he said to God, well, you know, I have this rage that I cannot get rid of. And if you don't get rid of it for me, I'm going to end up destroying myself. I can't get rid of this anger. It just won't leave on my part. And he went into his room and he prayed to God to remove that anger. And God removed it from him. And he doesn't have it now. And I'm like, wow, that is so, isn't that like interesting? And I realized that if you have faith in God and never, ever, ever doubt, no matter what you ask of him, it shall be done. And it's just that simple. If you have faith and never doubt, no matter what you ask of him, he shall do it. But the problem is most people don't have that faith. They just don't have it. And they don't even have sense enough to see in their actions that they don't have faith in the way they treat others, the way they treat themselves, their overreaction and, and gossiping and being angry and going, you know, all this. We cause more harm to one another than anybody, any, anybody or anything else can do. If mankind were to wake up and have faith in God, then all suffering would be over with. Peace would be on earth. Because it's us who bring the trouble to one another, to ourselves and to others, to our children. It's amazing, due to the lack of faith, the suffering that parents put upon their own children. And then they'll pretend that they're not doing it. They're in denial about themselves. We got to have faith. It's faith that will get you over anywhere, anytime, no matter what. Even if you should offend someone and you apologize, it is as though it never happened when you can admit that you were wrong. God doesn't remember your sin anymore. It's as though it, now the people that are mad at you will remember forever. But it's not up to them. It's not up to someone else uh, how they feel about you or think about you that dictates your life. We are really, by the grace of God, we are really in control of our own lives. No one is to blame for anything that we do. We are at fault. And if you examine yourself, you would see that it's you that brings this up on yourself because you don't have faith in God. And I know why we don't have faith. Well, I have faith. But I know why people don't have faith. It's so apparent why they don't have faith. And I want to kind of talk to you about that because I see a lot of people when I travel, I see a lot of people grasping for other people, you know. And they want to be associated with other people. They want this, but not for the right reasons, but just to get a sense of identity from that person. I don't even think people love one another. If you have a, a lightweight name going on for yourself or you have a little money and someone knows about it, let's say you win the lottery, right? Everybody love you. <laughs> Everybody love you. And as soon as you lose all that money, they're all gone. If you're kind of popular or well-known, everybody love you. Either love you or hate you. If they uh, disagree with your politics, they hate you. But that, that's not like love. You know, they don't see the human being and love the human being. 
They see the status or the money or whatever come with the human being, all in the name of Jesus. And so we're losing our families, we're losing our country because of this kind of stuff. And I want to talk to you about that. You know, do you really, really, really have that faith? And do you recognize that you don't have it when you're out in the world on your own doing your thing? Do you know it's due to the lack of faith? When you judge your fellow man, when you have fear, if you have faith, you would never have fear. Isn't that amazing? And isn't it nice to be able to live that way, to just live a life of no fear at all? And then you don't have a feeling of being brave either. You just live your life, you know, living your life. You don't feel brave, but you definitely don't have fear at all. You don't have worry at all about anything. It's just not a part of your psyche. And then when you're going through things, when challenges come and they cause you to have to go through things, you have the unspoken faith that you're going to, it's going to be fine, that it's just going to be just fine. But what happens is when people do have troubles, you know what they do? They get into the troubles. They get into what is happening to them rather than not getting into it. And then they feel sad for themselves. They feel badly. They become alcoholics or drug addicts. and They worry. They lie. They do this. And they trip out. They get into the problem. It's the darnest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Why would you get into your, what's happening, into a situation, and then walk around worried about it? I worry about what people are going to think. I worry about what they're going to say or do next. I worry. Anybody here do this kind of stuff? You do do it. Isn't that like dumb? That's what they mean by you stupid people. <laughs> really, and when you wake up, you're going to see how stupid it was to be that way. When I examine my life and I think about uh, how I was, I was a stupid person. Worried about things, just got into all kind of stuff. But I didn't know at the time I was stupid. It seemed like it was the right thing. Even though it didn't work, it still seemed right. And, and my life was on the way to hell in a handbasket. You know another stupid thing that people can do? Well, I already said this, is attack yourself to another person. It is the dumbest thing. And when you come out of this, you're going to see what I mean. It's the dumbest thing that you can ever do. One thing about me, I have never done that. Even in my craziness, I have never attached myself to another person. And I don't, I can't, I think, I was thinking about this over the week, uh, during the week, and I think that when I was growing up, I don't remember people attaching themselves to others. Even with the preacher, we liked the preacher, but that's about it. You know what I'm saying? And then when they would have the preacher over, sometimes they would bring the preacher over after the service, over to my grandmother's house, or he would go to other houses, right? And my grandmother would give him the best chicken, part of the chicken, because we always had chicken on Sundays. And I would be like, Mama, why are you giving him the leg and the thigh? That's my piece of chicken, right? I would, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, baby. And then she would give me the best part of the chicken. I mean, my part, you know, because she wasn't attached to the preacher. 
but people attach themselves now. And it's the dumbest thing you can ever do. And then when you find flaw in the person that you have attached yourself to, it, your life is over. Have you noticed that? Oh, this person is a human being. I thought they were perfect. They, they had a Christmas tree in their house. <laughs> or they cursed, or they did this. Your life is over. Because human beings are going to do some stuff you don't agree with. It's just the way it is. But when you have faith in God, you're never, life is never over. Because things are always well. He does it right every time. You got to detach yourself from people, places, and things. You really do. You have to be in the world, but not of the world. You have to not worry. You have to stop worrying. You don't have to. But it's time out for the craziness, all in the name of Jesus. I would talk to a guy in New York, believe in God, and his life is on the verge of total destruction. All because he doesn't have faith. I said to him, you don't believe in God. Why are you saying that you do? If you believed in God, would you be thinking this way and feeling this way and worried this way and acting this way? I do believe in God. Where's the proof that you have faith in God? Uh-huh. Isn't it like food for thought? Yes. It's like it's time out for the okie-doke. We're losing our country. We're losing the family. We're losing everything because Christians don't have faith in God. We're letting the world dictate how we function, what we say and don't say, and what to do and not do. The world is dictating that. And then if one should come along and disagree with you, you want to crucify him, him or her. It's dumb to let stress bring you to a point that you can't even function in life. I literally know people, all in the name of Jesus, who are so stressed that they can't function. Isn't that amazing? But they won't say, well, you know what? If I believe in God and he freed me up, why am I like this? Is there something wrong with this, you know? Self-examination is the most important thing that you can do. It really is. It really is. I want to read this email, and then I'll, uh, I'll, take, I'll take your questions and comments. This, um, a couple weeks ago, We talked about church and state and something like that, how the children of Satan are telling us that there should be a separation of church and state. Remember that? Somewhere in that conversation we had? And I said that that's a mistake to allow the children of Satan to tell us this because how are we listening to them anyway? They don't even like God. <laughs> but yet, they can tell us what we should be doing, and we do it. Okay, let's separate church and state, and now the country going to hell in a handbasket. Because the children of God caved into the children of Satan and took God out of, out of government, out of the public school. And that's like dumb. Isn't that dumb? And you take God out of your life. What happens to your life? You go to hell. Amen. You give in to everything. You worry. You doubt. You have fear. You blah, blah, blah kind of thing. Isn't that true? Yes. But we let the children of Satan tell us what to do. Well, I got a letter from one of his children. <laughs> one of Satan's children. And I get these things all the time, but it's all right. It's funny, when we were talking about, on Sean's show, when we were talking about the attack 
that black Republicans have to go through. And believe me, it's hell. But it's all the same kind of hell, all the same kind of name calling. They have nothing new to call us. It's like they all went to less hate school and they learned all these same words that they're going to call the children of God or Republicans or things like that, right? And those words are Uncle Tom, sell out. Um, uh, well, they don't call us that because we are black conservative. They call anybody that. But um, uh, Uncle Ruckus, I even found out I had an Uncle Ruckus that I never knew about. <laughs> huh? Oh, don't do this? Oh, okay. Thank you. Pat is my consciousness. <laughs> I appreciate it. Because I, I do this and so, because I'm unconscious of that. And then, oh, another, oh, then it picks up on the mic when I'm flipping it. Another thing that, uh, it, oh, what am I saying? Oh, because they call it different. I want to tell you another thing Dr. Carson said that was absolutely profound to me. Uh, but they call us these names, right? Uncle Ruckus, then they threaten you, and it's like they all, I'm like, don't you have something new to call you, call us? And everybody, everybody at that particular town hall setting meeting have been called the same kind of name. It doesn't matter what part of the world you live in, they have those same words. So I'm thinking these people are being taught this in some school or somewhere, because how do they know the same words? Maybe they read Uncle Tom Cabin or something. Uh, Dr. Carson said that, uh, and his wife attests to it, that when I asked him about when he spoke at the uh, pastor's breakfast, the prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C., they have an annual prayer breakfast. I said, I'm watching you give this speech, and it was just amazing to me. It was amazing in that it had life in it. You know, it was amazing that you just seemed to be standing there speaking. You know, and he kind of smiled and he said, uh, he said, I don't know, something happens to me when I'm up speaking. He said that something else takes over and speaks through me and I have no idea what I'm saying or what I'm doing until after it's over. And I totally understand that. But that's in all of us. That spirit, the Holy Spirit, is in all of us to do, to say, to act, to live, to be happy, to be free, to guide us. But most people don't have that faith, so they don't believe that. And so when they prepare for a speech, they take hours and hours doing research, and they write all this stuff down, and they put it out there. It has no life. It has no life at all because it's not coming from God. It's coming from the intellect, and it has no life. Um, if you are aware, you can recognize the children of God. You really can whether they're male or female, you could just recognize them. And you don't go, oh, oh yeah, he's a child of God, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you just know. You know. You really know. And uh, so it's, I say all that to say it's time to wake up. Um, I got a letter from the children, one of the children of Satan. <laughs> well, the Bible does say that our battle is a spiritual battle, a battle between good and evil, right versus wrong. And when you wake up, you're going to see that. That's what it's all about. It's not about the physical person at all. It's about the spirit that made a home in the physical person, and that's what drives the person. But here's a letter from the first name, Michael. 
even though his last name is here, I won't say it. I should anyway. <laughs> because this is a, definitely a letter from uh, a son of Satan. It says, um, you really are a retarded religious fanatic. <laughs> I never thought of myself as a religious fanatic. I know. So he said, you stupid. You, re- no. you really are a retarded <laughs> religious fanatic. You are saying that church and state should not be together. But why? Go read the GD Constitution. But he spelled the whole word out. Constitution. The very first amendment grants religious freedom to everyone. And uh, church and state being one is not taking away your religious freedom. Is it? If we don't take God out of the out of the uh, out of the government, that doesn't take away someone's right to to have freedom to do whatever ever religion they want to do. Isn't that right? I, I'm slow and black, but I don't think so. Does it? Well, the proof is in the pudding. Look at all the religions in the country that that, right. are, that are, you know. So of course it does. Um, the First Amendment grants religious freedom to everyone, including women. <laughs> I see where you're going with this, huh? (laughs) Religious freedom doesn't mean people like you have the right to share their opinions up other people's aid. Isn't this a sweet letter? Now, do you see why I say this is from a child of Satan? And I bet he doesn't even realize it. If I was this mad at someone for whatever opinion they may have, if I acted this way and wrote this kind of, don't you think I pulled to the side and say, what is wrong with me? That one man's opinion can make me act this way. But this person doesn't examine himself. He's not looking at himself. Uh, it's also, it also means the government shouldn't be controlled by religion. People like you want to bring the world back to the dark ages where only the rich white man rules. Isn't that something? <laughs> Just because some 2,000-year-old book says something doesn't mean it's right. He hates the Bible, too. Now you see why I say this is a child of Satan. But you know, when I read this, my heart went out to him. It really did. I have compassion for this person. Because you can't be a happy person with this kind of anger. You can't be. Just, just think about how anger, what anger does to you in your own life. Just imagine this poor soul, right? What his life must be with that kind of anger. There's no compassion for me that I could be wrong. There's no prayer for me. There's just evil attacks. Evil, evil, evil. But my, I have compassion for him. When you can get to a point where you can have compassion for your enemy, you're on your way. And it's not made-up compassion. I understand this guy because I know where I've come from. I know what anger did to me and how it controlled me and how it prevented me from seeing things in the right way. I understand that. So it's not a false compassion. It's not playing religious compassion. This guy is not a happy guy. 
and he could be happy if he were to. He would repent and turn back to God. But the average person, the average Christian, don't have compassion for anybody. They only have compassion when you agree with them and like them. God is trying to create love through us. And love is greater than anything else. It really is. But if you don't have faith, you don't have love. Without faith, you can't have love. And faith casts out all the worries and doubt. All right? Um, let me go to this young lady here first. That makes sense a little bit? Okay, go ahead. You said, yes, you can. You don't have that faith? Um, I, I nodded to what you said. Yes. Yeah. Do you have faith? I do, but it waxes and wanes. It, it what? Waxes and wanes. Oh, it does? I, mean, I can feel when it's strong, and then I can feel when it's not so strong. Oh, okay. What does it feel like when it's strong? Well, I feel happy, and I feel love for other people, and I feel confident that God's going to take care of a situation. Oh, okay. And then when that faith leaves, what does it feel like not to have it? Then I worry. You worry? And do you, when you worry, do you know that, wow, I've lost faith here? Um, sometimes I do, and sometimes I just feel lost, like what's happened? Why do I feel this way? Yeah. And I forget that I've that I've lost faith. I, I've, I forget that that's what it is. It's like, uh, why do I feel this way? And yeah. then, then I realize, oh, I've not asked God to help me. I've, if I do that, then everything gets fine again. Right. Uh, do you pray to the Father morning and night? Yes. Every morning, every night? Yes. And yet that faith comes and goes at times. Yes. Do you know why it leaves? Okay. I appreciate your honesty. You don't know why. Do you keep your eyes on yourself? Uh, yes, a lot. You do? And sometimes no? Well, you sometime, said a lot. That means sometimes no. Yeah, sometimes no. Sometimes, sometimes I keep my eyes on God. And when I do that, then I'm okay. And then when I start thinking about myself or what somebody's oh. going to think about what I said or what I think, then I, when I become more self-focused, I, I lose faith. Oh, okay. I understand what you're saying. And you have faith, right? Not enough. Not enough? No. You have a little bit? Um, yes, I do. What does faith feel like? Um, it uh, doesn't feel like anything. Um, what, what, what feels is when I don't have it. I feel like I got to take control, like I don't have control. Like I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what to do. All yeah. that crap. Yeah. And why do you lose faith at times? What my mind tells me is that it's my job to take care of something and that I failed in the past. That's usually the, that's usually the path that doubt takes. I have somebody I need to take care of. I'm not taking care of them. They're behaving in a certain way because I did something in the past that wasn't right, a child. Oh, I see. That, that's a good example. That's why you lose the faith? Well, that's, that's the path it takes. Now, why I go down that path is a different question. I don't know. I, yeah. I want to be in charge. I want to be, be my own God. I have, maybe because I have faith in myself and I find out there's not much there to have faith in. Maybe that's it. But This is why it's so important to keep your eyes on yourself. Because if you can keep your eyes on yourself, 
all these answers would be given to you without even thinking about it. Well, you don't even get an answer. You just go. You just do. But you will get the answer as to why. I was at a meeting recently um, of a so-called famous person, and I noticed the people grasping for this person, right? So instead of looking at the people, I looked at myself looking at the people, right, to see if there was anything in me like that where I'm caught up with the fame and I'm caught up with, and I just want to be around this person because of the fame. I was looking at me, looking at them, but I'm telling you, it's very, and I could see that temptation, that pull there to want that. And when you see that pull to want it, calmness come and you're free from it. But if you don't keep your eyes on yourself, you're never going to get that freedom. It, it, it really, it helps you to understand yourself and it helps you to understand others. It really does. And so if you can keep your eyes on yourself, and we'll talk about what I mean by keeping them on yourself, right? You would never lose faith. Never, ever, 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 but never, ever, ever lose faith. You will not lose. It's a, once you get faith, once faith comes, faith is. You know, it doesn't leave. It doesn't ever, ever, but never leaves. You always have faith. You're born into it. You're like, uh, we become sons and daughters of God, so we are born into it. And once you're born into it, it doesn't come and go. But I'm going to tell you why you think that it does. I know exactly, because I'm watching myself, I know exactly why you think that it does. Does faith come and go for you too, Ronnie? I don't have it, but... I'm sorry? I assume I don't have it. I'm conscious too much. Why, why do you assume that you don't have it since it's been given to us by God? It's a gift from yeah. Him. Yeah. And I'm sorry? And uh, why do you assume you don't have the gift? Well, like in the Bible says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can work miracles. Right. And so if I don't have that much, I'm not working miracles, and <laughs> I must not have it. So you don't even have that much to see. No, faith. I don't. Yeah. And so you just assume you don't have it. But what you said makes sense. So that just means I'm just going unconscious too much. Like it's, the gift is here. We've been given the gift. It's just for us to wake up. Do you know that all those who believe are brothers and sisters of Christ? And everything that he owns, we own it too. Because just as the Father freely gives to him, he gives it to us as well. Do you know that? Yeah, I believe the gift has been given to us, but I'm just starting to wake up to that more now than ever before. Yeah. And to, to know it's already there, so stop trying to seek it. And it's interesting in that if you receive it right now, you, would never, you don't even have to not receive. You can receive it right now, and your life will be just automatically start to change. And how do I do that? I'm sorry? And how do I do that? <laughs> By believing and never doubting. Which means faith. Yes. And we're going to tell you how not to ever have doubt again. I'm telling you, it's so beautiful, folks. It really, really is. And it's so simple and it's so needed. It really is because when I travel around or when I talk to different people... We are in an airplane going down really fast. 
unnecessarily, really unnecessarily, going down really fast. And it doesn't have to be this way. If you have a little faith, Christ even said greater things than he did that we should be able to do. Do I see the greatness? No. People are even afraid to speak up. Can you imagine being in a group of people, whether they agree with you or not, and you know what is right, but you won't say it because of their reaction? You may have to stand alone. You may lose something. So you won't, won't say the truth. You won't speak the truth. What a way to live, huh? Men and women of courage. I know people like that. They, if they're around certain people or they're in a certain group or they belong to a certain club or if you have a certain position in life, they're not going to say anything. All in the name of Jesus. When you get to a point where you can't speak the truth, and I'm not talking about angry truth that attack people. I mean the truth that bring life unto you. When you get to the point where you can't do that, I don't know why else would you be living. You have to be depressed. Yes. Why else? What, what, even in my dumbest days, when I didn't know that I knew about God, I spoke up. I used to get in trouble for speaking up to the adults. I still remember my, one of my aunts traumatizing me by pointing her finger. I was a little boy, and I told her the truth about something. She's like, boy, one day your mouth going to get you in trouble, and she scared me. <laughs> so I remember that all the time because she traumatized me. But <laughs> I spoke up, though. But we have children of God who will not speak up because they don't have faith. Is it what? It seems like there's no life to what you're saying. You know, you're still saying it in darkness, and you're not even sure of it. You know, you know what you're saying is truth, but you still doubt, you know, your ability to say it. But if you doubt, then you don't know that it's true. Because truth, there is no doubt. I mean, you, I feel like I still know it's true, but what is keeping me from saying it, you know, at that point? You lack faith. Right, so then I like the faith. Now yeah, you believe doubting. more in the people around you and how they're going to treat you and what they're going to say, and you're thinking more about yourself than you are them because love is about giving it out to others, right? And if you speak the truth in love, you're sincerely trying to help those people. It's not about you. It's about them. You're not trying to hurt. You're trying to, every, you're trying to bring some light into the darkness. Every opportunity so far, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, that I've had to shed some light in the darkness, I've done that. He allows me to see, and he allows me to do it. I can't imagine not doing it, to be honest with you. But if you lack faith, you're not going to do it. And if you lack faith, as the scripture said, his children are the ones of faith who have faith in God. You know what I mean? I can't hear you. I know you're doing this, but they can't hear you. Yeah? I mean, I know what you mean, but I guess I don't have faith. But you have it. It's right at hand. But I'm not acknowledging it then. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But you do have it. You really do have it. Mm -hmm. But you just don't know it. All right? And we're going to get into that in a minute here. Um, Did I see your hand? 
Okay. Yes, sir. You know, a um, couple of things came up. I noticed that um, when you say, first of all, I want to go to the first thing you said a while back about attachment. Um, I admire people who are doing well in their personal life as well as their you know, professional life. And I tend to um, attach to that. To that you know, person. Yeah, to that person. Let and me I was, ask this, and I, I'm glad you said it, because I wondered, I really wondered all week about this. How does one attach themselves, though? What takes place, because I've never attached myself to anyone. What takes place that, that I mean, how do you, how do, you do you, like, consciously attach, attach to people, or how do you attach to a person? I think it's because, well, I know it's because I see that I lack what they have. And so in order to try to get that, you try to attach to that. And so but you there see- is no way you can, but you think you are. You're attaching to, let's say, whatever his virtue or his strengths are. You think that by attaching yourself to his personality or whatever, whatever it is you're attaching to, so you, say you to think yourself- you can get it for yourself that way. You say to yourself, oh, this is a smart person. I'm going to go and attach myself. Yeah, I'm going to study them, try to see how they do in situations, and do the same thing. Well, and you're conscious of doing this. Um, I was in my younger days. Um, in, the, in the older days, I got <laughs> less conscious. But of doing it. In my younger days, I was like, conscious that I needed to copy them and to memorize how they handle situations in, in, down to the exact words they say wow. in order to have that kind of answers. And then, I, and then at one point in my life, someone said... No wonder people seem crazy yeah. because one situation, one situation may not call for the same answer in the next time something like that happens. Well, you have to memorize a whole lot of answers, that's for sure. <laughs> and you're right. That was the frustrating part about it. You're absolutely right. Wow. Is that there would be just wow. subtle differences in how the situation is and the answer wouldn't work. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I... And so what you do is you fall back on something. And I notice people do fall back on, that's why they're called cliches, they fall back on certain things that they say all the time. Like, you know how the fawns would always go, eh. So if you don't have an answer, you'll just go, eh. <laughs> you know, if you don't really have anything to say, you'll just say something like, that's, that sounds really nice or something like that. Wow. And so you know that you have a task then. You know, like, I'm attached to the person, now I'm going to emulate that person. Oh, yeah. Because you lose yourself when you do that. You're not you. It can happen when you're watching a movie. You're going to be like, I want to be like that hero. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go, you know, <laughs> join the army. I'm going to, you know, oh. and, and that's, that's what you do. It's all spiritual, I'm telling you. It's a spiritual thing. I was looking at some people act out like this, and I'm thinking, maybe they don't know that. They don't see that they're atta- uh, attaching themselves or trying to get something from this. It's like trying to get blood or something, you know? Well, and, you know, and I'm thinking, poor people. The scripture even the scriptures even kind of mislead you in that sense where Paul is Paul actually tells people emulate me, you know, and we take that as 
memorize him, <laughs> you know, not just have the spirit emulate me, you know, by the spirit, oh, but yeah. actually just memorize him and uh, try to apply it. He mean don't hate, don't judge, right. have faith in God, take it easy, and it'll be all right. And memorize his answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing to live that way. Fortunately, thank God, I've never done that. I've never just... And then when I, over the last 25 years, when I was seeing people do it, it was weird to me. And I just this week wonder how did they do that? How do you go and attack yourself to someone else's wagon? You know what I mean? Well, you're looking, you're, you're looking for confidence. So if this guy but did this. But it's in us. Oh, right? I'm, I'm well, sorry to yell at you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, I've heard you. Oh, yeah, you stupid people. I've heard many people say it's in you, confidence in you. But it really well, this is. is how you build it, though. You do this and you do that and you say this. You, you, you know, there's, you, you pull it unto yourselves by the things you do and stuff. Amazing. Your accomplishments give you your confidence, in other words. Amazing. It's amazing to me. It really, even if I was not, if I didn't know what, when I talked to Dr. Carson, you know why I talked to him? To understand his wisdom. I, I wanted, you know, to hear his testimony about his relationship with God and how did he get there and what's the change? You know, how does he know he's there? You know, it's like a witness. It's not like I want to attach myself to him at all. It's like he's a witness. And, you know, when you see someone like that, you, it's kind of like fellowshipping, you know, not to, not to even remember the things that he said, but just to fellowship one to another like that. That's how I see it. When we come together here, I see it as a fellowship, even though you guys feel like it's a test sometimes when I question you, but it's a fellowship. I look forward to coming because I'm about to fellowship and I listen closely to something that might enlighten me as well. But no, you guys don't bring to me. You come to tape. We know our little schools that we go to, they teach you to memorize. Faith. I understand all that. But you know, once you have right. faith, you know not to. You really do. Yes, sir. I just to say, this is a little, like off the subject a little bit, but like I've noticed over my, my lifetime that, you know, like I'll speak up and I'll say something. I'll go, hey, wait a minute. I don't, I don't quite agree with this or something. And then I turn around, and I'm standing by myself. Of course. Every time. Hallelujah. And, and, but it's like, you know, I'm just getting to the point where, I'll, where is everybody? You know, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's like. And so is that preventing you from speaking up? Well, I, it starts, it's, it, it's almost like futile because uh, I started helping my brother in his business. And I started talking to him, and I said, hey, you need to do these things. And he, he start, I noticed he lies to me about things. Yeah. And rather than just discuss the thing and, and we'll, we'll come to a conclusion, he lies to me. And then I find out three weeks later that he had lied to me and right. misled me. I understand. And so I'm thinking, is there any point in going on with this guy? Because if he's just going to lie to me, you know, how can I continue on with this and see if you keep your eyes on yourself you will see the next step to take 
you will automatically take the next step. I remember, it's so interesting, I had this, in my heart, I wanted, I needed something, right? And I had hoped that God would make the opportunity available for me. And I forgot about it. And out of nowhere, it just came about. It came about, and then when it came about, I didn't even realize until later on that, wow, I remember hoping for that. And it happened, and it's fine. But you got you to gotta keep your eyes within yourself. If you take your eyes from yourself, off yourself one second, you lose. You really do, because you're back in hell again. What, what I've been doing is I, I'm like maneuvering myself around these lies, just trying to get stuff done. But, but you may have to move away from that situation. Yeah, yeah I know. That's, you can't really trust a liar. I know. I, I'm, I'm in that. I'm, I'm up to that situation right now where I can yeah. I carry on. And then he gets mad at me. Oh, you don't want to work with me anymore? This blah, blah, blah. You know? He said, I, no, I can't because you keep lying to me. I, I, well, Do you tell him that? Yeah. Right. I go, you, you, yeah, I tell him. Well, then. And, I don't want to tell you what to do because I'm not there in the situation. I don't know all the circumstances, but watch yourself and you'll see what to do. What's that? Watch yourself and you'll see what to do. Don't judge. The, oh, you know the beauty about this situation too? Is that he is giving you, by way of his father and the devil, a reason to love and not hate. A reason to be calm and not frustrated. And you, that's why you got to keep your eye on yourself so you can see that and you can show love and yet move on if you need to. Well, he, he's like my younger brother. You know, I've known him my entire life. Right. I, yeah, I love him. But he, he's a dishonest person, you know. Right. And I, I don't even think he, I honestly think that he doesn't even know, he, to him, lying and telling the truth is all the same. Right. It's just talking. That, right. It's, it's all, just talking. Yeah, they're just talking. It's like that with a lot of people. Yeah. They don't realize. I'm telling you. Your enemy, whether it's a family member or a friend or husband, wife or child, they know not. This person that wrote me this letter, this Michael guy, he really doesn't know what he's doing. Really, he really doesn't know what he's doing. So why would I take that personal? You know what I'm saying? He doesn't know. I remember not knowing what I was doing. When I had this anger, when I was in doubt like this, I did not know what I was doing. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Your brother, just into it, he doesn't realize what he's doing. He may even know that he's lying, but he doesn't know what he's doing. He really doesn't. And, and last point is, when you speak up and you look around and the crowd is not with you, God is with you. Really, he really is. Fear not, God is with you. If the crowd would be with you, then you wouldn't be speaking up anyway. You know what I'm saying? There would be no need to bring light into the situation. But God is with you. He is always with us. He really is. Um, I have about five minutes, right? Yeah. Can you make, you had your hand a long time ago. He had his hand a long time ago. Can you make it short? Well, I was just thinking last night, I was praying, and, you know, there was consciousness there, and then I, I noticed my mind kept automatically going into uh, unconsciousness. Yes. And I was kind of wanted to be conscious, and I was doing, kind of praying, and it just kept going there. I just, I, I don't know, something about it seemed very interesting to me that 
it just kept moving there of its own. Yeah. It just kept moving there of its own, <laughs> moving there of its own. And, and to close this off, a good way to end it. The faith is there, but the problem is you keep believing the lie, which is the doubt. Whenever you believe whatever Satan tempts you with by way of thoughts, whenever you believe that one eye odor, one little bit, you have doubt. If you cannot believe that at all, then you can have faith. Faith is when you not believe that. So those moments where you think that faith is gone, faith is still there. You just drifted off into darkness and don't realize that that's what happened. And so it brings on fear and doubt and uncertainty. And then it even tells you, you don't have faith. And then now you're judging yourself based on that. I don't have faith. You start saying it too. And we'll justify it by our words. We're condemned by them. We're justified by them. What you say become real because you're saying, you're speaking this lie that comes from the devil, your enemy. He is not your friend. He would never tell you, you know what? You are a great woman of faith. And if he tell you, he'll use that against you. He's not telling you that. Don't believe it. If he tells you that, don't believe it. All right? But when you feel like you don't have it, it didn't leave you, you drifted away from it by believing into a lie. That's all that happened. When I went up to New York, I got up the next morning and I did not turn my TV on. I said, I'm just going to watch and see what happened with all these thoughts. See what? And lo and behold, they came like 90 going north because of a quiet in the room. You know, I couldn't hear any noise outside come way up on the floor there. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. They, they came reminding me of everything. Really. And I'm thinking, this is what the problem is. It doesn't want to give you a space between doubt and faith. It wants to always cloud your consciousness, which is the mind of God, so that you can always focus on it instead of having faith in God. And if you can observe that, this, this is what I mean by keeping an eye on yourself, to see what's going on there and just watch it, but don't judge it, don't believe it. When you can doubt the lie, you can believe into the truth. Adam doubted the truth and believed into the lie. He believed the lie. That's why he lost it. We can doubt the lie and believe the truth. But we're so connected with the lie, it's been a part of us forever because we're born in sin, Right? And, and then you have anger, which feeds the lie anyway. It just helps. But it will not let you have that quiet little still moment where God can just come in and faith is there. But he's there. He really is. He's right here, right now. But you got to disassociate with all these different things that Satan is telling you. Because they're all lies. Satan made a promise that he's going to deceive every man, woman, and child. And that's how he's doing it. He make he give you these suggestions to make you judge yourself. And if you could just watch this stuff, observe it, because it's God who allows you to see it. He's shining the light on it. You can be free. You're already free. You're already free, but it doesn't want you to know that. Christ came, put everything back, and you, we are his brothers and sisters before you enter in you got to forgive so that this can become apparent to you and don't think that Satan going to go and rest I don't care how much light you're walking in 
Remember in the movie, the Bible, how he tempted Christ. You saw that. That was so profound to me. But you can see him tempting you now, and you don't have to go with it. Please give it a try. Don't of yourself, you can't do nothing. But you can observe the, the tempter as he's tempting you. He has no power. He's, he's a deceiver. He can make you believe a lie. He can control you. And he's always doing that. You're just not aware of it. And stop condemning yourself. Thank you for tuning in, folks, and thank you for coming. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.